0: Thanks for joining us today on the Jesus Famous Podcast. The word discipleship, it may feel a little mysterious or ancient to those of us who are new to the Christian faith, but when you boil it down, it's really all about becoming more like Jesus. This process is full of questions though, like, how do I become more like Jesus? Where do I start? How do I read the Bible and apply it to my life today? And honestly, the answers to these questions could be episodes in and of themselves, but today, Pastor Nate's going to give us a few thoughts that can help anyone today begin their journey of following Jesus.
1: You know, you should probably spend some time learning and studying and thinking about that message so that you have something better to give someone than just your life experiences, life skills, you know, this is how I did it kind of thing. That's just making it that's just making a follower of yourself. But You've got to get the cross into your DNA to be
0: able to make a disciple. Nay, I got to ask you a question that's not even related to this article. What well, kind of is? Hit me. This photo you took at the top of the article is so good. Do you have the article in front of oh, you? Oh, wow. I'm not looking at it right now. Show me. Do you have it over there? I don't have it right in front of me. I could probably pull it up here in a second, but I'll refresh your memory. It's, it's of this like, it's not a lake. There's it's there's some water, there's some rocks, and there's even like a little waterfall in it. And there's like, kind of like, it's not like a mountain, but there's like some cool stuff going on oh, outside. Yeah, yeah.
1: Where is this? I want to say that that was in Arroyo Seiko.
0: Okay. Yeah, I
1: think it was like from the deep archive of my Google Photos oh, okay. section. Yeah, so I came across it a while ago. Sometimes I'll just skim through my google photos looking for my landscape yeah yeah kind of photos that i can put the sweet black and I white filter it, on love you know oh, just yeah. like i feel like all you have to do is just put a black and white filter on it and, and boom you're Ansel good to go Adams, right you that's know? right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it was that's a royal seiko oh, which man. for everybody listening that isn't local or even is local but you don't know about it it's about an hour from us through carmel valley and it's just it's awesome it's like a little little uh it's got its own little like heat pocket out there you ever gone out there in the yeah, summer I have. it'll yeah, be the like summer's the best. 60 degrees on the coast and then you go out there it'll be like 110 degrees oh, you get just a sunburned. This, like can- no canyon you know it's just incredible but yeah
0: Oh, that's sweet. I was like, man, this is like a real hidden gem in Monterey. If this is like a Monterey pick. That's yeah. why I had to know. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think it was from I, I t- some friends and I, we did like a day where you go out there and you bring some inner tubes and you like oh, yeah. hike up the trail and then you drop in and just kind of float Absolutely. down the river
0: all day. That's so sick. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Well, I know it has nothing to do with the article, but I just had to know because if you're listening to this and you look at the article, it's majestic. It's so good. But today, Nate, we're jumping back into your articles, man. We're looking at this article called Six Thoughts on Discipleship. And uh, I know for church leaders, people in the church, discipleship is one of those things that oftentimes we kind of scratch our heads about. We're like, how do we pursue discipleship? How do we lead a discipleship group and turn into these kind of relationships? And uh, you wrote just a really cool article that I know wasn't inspired by something you read necessarily, but by somebody that you heard um, from our good friend Denise Buck. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe you could just kind of tell us a little bit about uh, who Denise is, what she does on our staff, and then maybe kind of talk about what um, she spoke about at our staff chapel yeah. about discipleship.
1: Yeah, first off, I just, I read a book recently that I loved so much on mm-hmm. discipleship, because there is like this, I feel like there there's like this niche community in yep. the church that loves to read about write about communicate about discipleship make oh, it like yeah. a big issue and thing and i read a book recently called the imperfect disciple by jared mm-hmm. wilson he, he's the author he co-wrote a lot of stuff with matt chandler and i really loved it because it just for me it, he just did a good job similar to what denise does mm. of peeling back the like ultra Christian, perfect Christian, the radical, sacrificial, like I don't even know where these people are. (laughs) How in the world I they don't sound like they need any discipling, you know, (laughs) like this sounds impossible, kind of Christian. And and just made it into a very real, gritty where you live today. Kind of level of disciple making and You know, not based on, like, sermon or, or excuse me, scripture memorization and, you know, simply, like, focusing on spiritual disciplines, although he Mm -hmm. did touch on that. And that's what I love about Denise. You know, Denise uh, ministers here at the church. She Mm -hmm. works... Uh, primarily with women in the church and does that through offering uh, counsel and discipleship to women in the church, runs a discipleship ministry in the church where there's a network of women who are discipling other women, and then does a lot of teaching uh, as well for women in the church. And she just does a phenomenal job. She's just one of those people you never worry about. She's just real solid and just keeps plugging away and continues even in her own time to just build up her own skills and education. Uh, She's a real delight to work with. So it's great to have her share with the staff uh, about discipleship because... A part of the reason I wanted her to share with us is that I knew it was not going to be theoretical. Yeah. That's usually what happens when you ask someone to share on discipleship. You know, it's very theoretical. It's um, if we could just do this system, yeah. you know, within two generations, the whole world would be turned upside down. You know, just these crazy yeah. claims, you know, of like one disciples three and then the three disciples. And, you know, I'm all for that stuff. I think it's great. I think mm. You know that it's a good thing for us to do. But there's sin that gets in the way, life that gets in the it's way, true. there's hurdles, obstacles, spiritual mm-hmm. warfare that we're up against. It's not just grease rails that are totally. going to get you to this final destination. <laughs> so I really love Denise's style because it's kind of like a hey, where are you at right now? How can I help Mm -hmm. you? How can I add to your life and bring a little bit more discipleship into your life to help teach you, instruct you? She doesn't, I don't think, have this vision of like, and then there's a disciple. And I think for her, it's just we're a growing people, we need to be sanctified, there's stuff we struggle with, stuff we're good at, we need help, encouragement, so she helps bring people along, so it was a delight to listen to her talk about from very practical, real experiences, what she has gleaned and learned about discipleship over over the years and she distilled it I think down into five things one of them was very robust and I felt like it was two things so I think I made it into six (laughs) thoughts cool about disciple making and I love doing this kind of article because it's just I resonated with those points and then Mm -hmm. I can just kind of add some commentary attribute her and give her credit for which I hope I'm doing properly even on this podcast but then you know say like a few comments of my own that connect yeah. to
0: what what uh, the person shared yeah well man I remember that bible study message that she gave and I remember being really impacted by it too so I'm glad you took some yeah, heavy-duty notes our, and went just in it. our
1: staff chapel you
0: know just a little little time together and and uh, it was phenomenal yeah still so good well, let's get right into it. So there's six points here. Um, we're just going to try to bust through all of them. Sounds good. Let's go for it. Let's just start with this, um, this first point that you had. You have to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just start here. What does it mean to be a disciple ourselves?
1: Yeah, I love this point of hers. She started out by um, using, her and Jeff say this all the time, her husband, Pastor Jeff, say this all the time, from the book of Genesis, that mm-hmm. everything reproduces after its kind, you know, so her oh, point yeah, was, right. you can't try to help somebody become something that you aren't yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean, of course, that that what you are is going to be exactly emulated by someone else. I mean, from, I I don't, disciple uh, women personally but from the pulpit as i'm teaching the word of god i'm i that is a form of discipleship or disciple making and there is there are plenty of people male and female that are very unlike me who are not going to emulate my life they they might be married they might not be married they might have kids they might not have kids they might do things the way i do things not do things the way i do things but there is still, like, the the point that she's making is you have to actually be a legit believer yourself. You know, you have to be doing the things that you're asking people to do, talking to them about. There's got to be some experience. They need to be able to see the fruit in your life. So a disciple is someone who is following hard after Christ. They're Hmm. seeking to have his supremacy in every single area of their lives. They're going and busy about the process of not only gospel, proclamation, but gospel application yeah. in their lives and seeing the Lord work in them and through them. They are seeking to have the right priorities in life of of uh, being about the kingdom and being generous and learning and growing and being filled with the spirit and being filled with the love of God for not only God, but also the community that they live in. They're seeking to cast off sin and mm. uh, live in the victorious Christian life, uh, and if you're trying to, you know, impart to somebody else, and you're just neglecting those things right. or willfully refusing to go in that direction, then you really you can't be a disciple maker. Now, it's that's not to say that there isn't some like miracle process where a bad messenger says mm-hmm. a true thing that benefits someone's life that can happen of course it's just you know the point that she's making is you know if you if you really want to make an impact in other people's lives you need to let the lord impact your own life you need to be what you're preaching and that's where the real strength and power
0: is gonna come from heck yeah it's so good man the second point that you get into is it would be best if you initiated the discipleship relationship, which I love this one. You know, I've, I've done some discipleship with some guys and it can just be kind of like a clumsy, awkward thing. Sometimes you're like, can you, you want to be my disciple? It's like, that feels just weird, <laughs> but you're just trying to like do life with them and do all the things that you just talked about. Um, just talk to us about that for a second. Um, what's the best way to initiate a discipleship relationship, and why is it important to be the one who's initiated? Yeah,
1: making a bold move, man. It's, it's <laughs> it can be awkward at yeah. times, you know, isn't it? Or can't it be? You know, I was a funny story. I was at uh, Trader Joe's last night with my family, my wife, and and one of my girls. We were getting the getting the groceries, you know, done, and as we were going through the line, the the guy that was uh, checking us out he i was looking at his shoes because i was off to the side you know loading up our bags and i and i noticed he had some trail running shoes on so i asked him like are those the you know i knew the model and everything so we got to talking about trail running and everything and he was kind of like asking me like where i go out and and you know distances i like doing and stuff like that and then he kind of was like making it clear that like he uh is is looking for like training partners and you know like he's just trying to figure out the local scene or whatever so i dipped back in after we dropped off the groceries and i just like hey man like can i just shoot you a text there's a time that i go out each week you know with with, uh other guys and you know if you ever want to come with you know you can come hang with us you know he seemed like he would be able to keep up and everything but yeah it was awkward (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: oh, it's so you awesome. know? and
1: it's like yeah, yeah you know you're not you're not going up to somebody in the church you know like yeah i just i want to disciple you yeah you know um but can we spend some time together yeah. is there any way that i can help you would you like to grab some coffee uh, what would you think about um, committing to a regular time where we're mm-hmm. going through a book or we're you know trying to keep each other accountable and moving in the right direction in the Christian life. Are there any questions that I can answer mm. for you? You know, those are some of the ways that you can less awkwardly try to, yeah, you sure. know, initiate that relationship. Uh, and, but I I thought that was a good point. You know, it's best if you initiate the discipleship relationship, you know, to to pursue them. Yeah. to reach out I mean certainly there's there needs to be you you probably want to see some level of interest mm-hmm. you know from them it's this isn't like a complete stranger I mean that, my Trader Joe's story side you know it's not <laughs> it's not that kind of thing you know but if you think about Jesus you know, for him, there was this larger multitude of people that were drawn to his life, Mm -hmm. and then he went to the mountain and really prayed specifically about who he should invite into that smaller number to really pour into. And then even from there, organized it in a few different groups and poured into them accordingly. So I mean, just imagine what that would have felt like to have Jesus, you know? Wild, call you, approach you, you know, in that kind of way. So, so yeah, this is good. You know, if, mm-hmm. if you're a seasoned, mature believer, you know, asking the Lord to show you who he's put in your mm-hmm. life that you could pour into, that's a great question to ask mm-hmm. the Lord. God, who do you want me to pour into? And And I think part of the reason I love that concept, Riley, is because it seems to me that we live in an age where we love to have the broad um, following or scope of, mm-hmm. of impact, and sometimes that comes from a good heart, sometimes that comes from a bad heart, but mm-hmm. to embrace like little incremental victories over and over and over again and to not underestimate what could happen in a, in a community or in the world... As a result of taking that time, you know some people don't want to sit down for coffee with another person and pour into them, mm-hmm. but man, they want to, you know, do everything they can to get uh, ten thousand Instagram followers totally. or something oh, like yeah. that, you know, and mm-hmm. and and to, you know, just don't underestimate what could happen as you spend that time,
0: you know, in one person's life. Hmm. I love that. This next point that you have is you must have a heart of service and you've mentioned this are already a bit about how a or disciple maker should have like this attitude, of like wanting to help somebody. Um, but why is it important you think for a disciple or disciple maker to have a servant's heart? Yeah. She, she talked about in,
1: in this one, she was talking about, uh, how she'll try to do whatever she can to accommodate meeting with somebody and huh. spending yeah, yeah, yeah. that kind of time with them and you see that with her you know she she'll really does. If, you, if she's got a maybe a mother a young mother who's got a few toddlers or something you know mm-hmm. she'll take them to the park and just you know as the kids are playing she'll sit with the mom and and talk with them if, mm-hmm. if she's got to catch someone on her work break she'll try to accommodate that you know, on their work break she'll try to accommodate that if she can and that's what she meant by that servant's heart, you I know, just that. saying, okay, you know, yeah. there's going to be some sacrifices for me to to make the time for this, uh, to follow up, you know, because once you start engaging with somebody in that way, there's bound to be follow up conversations, other meetings, times you have them over, you know, things like that. It just takes time, mm. you know, so it's going to take some service uh, for you to 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 do that, you know. Uh, I've done discipleship groups where, you know, for, for me with the way that I st- structure my uh, writing and studying and everything, I just don't do lunch breaks really mm-hmm. uh, like with people. You know, I mean, I definitely eat lunch, but it's just a very quick, you know, grab a smoothie, you know, kind of thing or something. But uh, I've had times where it's like a nighttime, then, yeah. you know, because I just I'm unable to do the early morning or the um, lunchtime uh group and you know those night times when you've got kids and mm. a family and you know busy life and ministry already you feel that you know there's some sacrifice there and uh, but i think about the times where people did that type of thing for me and it was just so mm. beneficial totally. so helpful so there's got to be you know some of that heart of, of service to really make room for someone in mm. your life You know, I think I think it's problematic when you attempt to do this for everybody, Mm. uh, because that your life is just overrun and and, and really impossible and ineffectual at that point. But for the people you know, the Lord has called you to to um, give that deeper access or really, you know, pour into in a real special kind of way. You just kind of got to be ready. Like it's gonna take some service for you to Mm -hmm. get that that job done. I watch my wife Christina. You know, she's always got one or two women that she's mentoring or Mm -hmm. discipling, and um, you know, it takes time. She's got a lot going on. You know, she's a very big busy person, but with a lot of responsibility. But to take that time, you know, and sometimes people they don't want to do that, you know. But again, don't underestimate the impact that you could make in someone's world by, you know, having that heart of service
0: and, and, uh, ministering to someone in that way. Amen. Uh, point number four was to always include the cross. And I just love this point, man. There's so many different, like you just mentioned earlier in the podcast, there's so many different discipleship tools and books and resources and podcasts and Different systems and strategies, all this stuff. But I love how it just boils down to this like, whatever thing you settle on, the key component has to be the cross. You know, why is it important for a discipleship relationship in particular to focus on the cross?
1: Yeah, a lot of discipleship methods, I think, could be totally done by the Pharisees, Hmm. you know, because it's all, it's like external. You know, accountability, like this is what you're going to do and memorize and be and stuff like that. So you you have to watch out for that. It's not that doing things is bad. It's not that memorization is bad. You just have to watch out for a graceless, crossless message and way of living out your Christianity. And then I think also some forms of discipleship could be done by non believers, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's all kind of focused on like being a good dad. And uh, being a better worker and Mm -hmm. and being more organized and, you know, things like that, which, you know, are good and helpful and and important. But I think all of those things are better in the shadow of the cross. You know, being a father, being a worker, you know, being, uh, you know, getting into the word, all of those things are done better when the cross is not just a distant memory, like a checkpoint, you know, I got through that, and then now I'm onto the real stuff, but where we're really applying the message of the cross uh, into our everyday experience and lives. I mean, when you're doing discipleship with somebody or mentoring somebody, if you wanna use that word for Mm -hmm. it, or uh, counseling somebody who's Mm -hmm. a believer, anytime you're ministering to, to individual human beings, there is an opportunity for grace to be dispensed because you're you're kind of you in that environment you tend to hear about people's failures more their weaknesses their fears and to to embrace the grace of god is found in the cross is really important i think it was denise that said crossless discipleship is not discipleship wow yeah. I like that. The mm-hmm. people you serve will never find peace apart from Christ and his message. Come on. So bring them to the cross. So I love that. I mean, you think about, you know, I mean, in a sense, Paul, uh, the apostle, he made disciples in what the Lord moved him to write about, and he mm-hmm. always brought us to that. You know, yeah. all of the... Uh, things that he wanted people in the church to do in the back half of his letters was built upon the framework and foundation of what Christ has done Mm -hmm. that, and he taught, would usually teach that on the front half of his letters. So it's uh, not just a checkpoint that you get past, but the very foundation of what a person is supposed to become. So so if you are just um, unfamiliar with the message of Romans or Galatians or Ephesians or Colossians mm. and those things are really inaccessible to you, mm. and you don't get what they're about. You probably shouldn't be making disciples. You know, you should probably Freedom, spend yeah. some time learning and studying and thinking about that message so that you have something better to give someone than just your life experiences, life skills, you know, this mm-hmm. is how I did it kind of thing. Yeah. That's just making it that's just making a follower of yourself. Wow. But you've got to get the cross into your DNA to be able
0: to make a disciple. That's yeah, so good. So good, which brings us to number 5, which is simply instruct. And uh, I like how you wrote it. I don't know if Denise said this or if you wrote this, uh, but you said that a moment of truth comes when we can no longer talk about peripheral matters, the gloves must come off. (laughs) I feel like this is always like one of those moments in the discipleship process where it's like, it's kind of like the make or break it kind of time in a lot of ways, because I've been in discipleship groups where you you feel like there's like some relationship there, you talk about the cross, you see an area that needs to be addressed, you bring some instruction, it's just like not received, Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh man, it broke. Or, they really receive it and it's like all right we're, we're done we're jumping into like a whole new like realm of discipleship now like we're mm-hmm. like real life change is about to happen so why is it important for us to just not miss these moments can you talk about that for a minute
1: yeah i mean the the instruction can be a constant thing true you know if, if yeah. it's a group like you're talking about where you've set up a time where you get together you know instruction is important if it's just a one-off kind of thing, you know, you're meeting with somebody, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, instruction is important then. And what I was talking about was there are times where, at least in my experience, you've instructed, you know, you've taught, you've shared, you've given input, but then there's just a, like a moment where something comes to light. All and, right, yeah. You know, it, it might be a sin, it might, it might not be, but it's just you know it's time to, pr- to press hard. Yeah. And the thing is, what I've discovered at least, you know, everybody's gifts are different and God uses people in different ways, so mm-hmm. I don't want to superimpose onto everybody else who might spend time with other people what God does in me from time to time. But at least for me and my experiences, I just find that there are these moments where God is he's trying to break into the routine. Yeah. You know, it's very hard for for mm. for a human being to change, to alter course, yeah. you know. So even in our like getting together, trying to be disciples and stuff, it's like the changes are very incremental, <laughs> yeah. you know, very, very small a lot of times. But every once in a while I find that there are these like really big seismic shifts Mm -hmm. that God is trying to produce in a person's life. And it's so fun to be able to 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 get to be part of that. Yeah. Amen. Um, but if you don't open your mouth in those times, then you won't, you know, be able to be used. Yeah. Sometimes they're connected to someone's failure. You know, you see Jesus do that with Peter a lot, you know, in moments where he was trying but failed you know the Mm. lord was able to repoint him in a different direction um so sometimes it comes in failure sometimes it's through a question but it's it's like i just find there are these moments where you know you gotta just really speak up you know and in that moment i i tend to be kind of and i know i'm talking a lot on a podcast because i'm you know it's my turn and i'm supposed to (laughs) but uh in conversation i don't tend to I'm, I'm, I am i i do not really fight for hmm. words, you know? Um, but I realize that there are times where I just know, okay, I got to talk right now. I yeah. got to speak up and
0: see what this person's going to do. Hmm. Amen, man. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up by going to number six, which is lean on the spirit whenever you meet. And, uh, I love this, you know, because sometimes I've gone into discipleship groups or one-on-one kind of things I've had a plan you know like an agenda I want to talk about certain things mm-hmm. we're going through a certain passage together whatever it may be we have a reading plan whatever it is um but man just so important to have the Holy Spirit really dictate and lead that time so can you talk to us about um what this looks like me just practically I guess within a discipleship group what does it what does it mean to lean on the spirit when you meet together I think for me a lot it's listening to
1: the lord you know kind of you're simultaneously hearing what the person is saying and asking the lord lord would you would you help me you know Mm -hmm. help me to process this the right way what scriptures do you want me to share with this person right now what is the underlying truth Mm -hmm. or lie that is uh being waged or you know the war that's happening inside their heart uh in this moment they're saying one thing but there's something else in the heart that is causing them to think this way to feel this way what is that thing lord so you know the thing about the holy spirit is that he obviously has much better insight into the person oh, yeah. that you're trying to minister to than you do he's searched their heart he knows them he knows the mind of the, of god so it's just so much better to you know lord i'm i'm weak i've only got so much to offer this person would you please help me you know kind of thing and i love that you plan you know when you're meeting with somebody oh, yeah. if you have a group i love that you have a plan you know some people like to read through different uh, books or books of the bible or uh, topical uh, like a topical grouping of mm. scriptures or something like that some people it's like a standard forum like here's Three questions we ask each other, you know, usually be more of like an accountability kind of group. But when there's one person more mature than the others, that tends to ha- um, unfold in like a discipleship kind of vibe. Um, but so I love that you have a plan. That's that's should you should retain that. But in the course of that plan, asking the Lord for His help mm. is really important, especially because of that thing that. You know, some people are able to put their finger on an issue and just verbalize it. Mm -hmm. But and then some people are also honest enough to do that. But but many people struggle to be that transparent and many people struggle to be able to put their finger on what the issues Mm -hmm. are. So when you're leaning on the spirit, Lord, help me right now as I'm teaching them about you and your word and what the Christian life looks like, give me wisdom to see what some of those inner things are that I can really, you know, talk
0: to and speak to. Thanks for tuning in today. If you'd like to hear some more content from Pastor Nate, please subscribe to the Jesus Famous Podcast. Each week, we'll be posting conversations just like the one you just heard, as well as some live readings that Pastor Nate is posting a couple times a week. For any more articles, books, or resources from Pastor Nate, please go to nateholdridge.com. Catch you next week.